Our sermon for November 22nd, 2023, Thanksgiving Eve, is taken from Deuteronomy chapter 8, verses 10 through 18. And the theme of our sermon is, Do not forget the Lord, from Deuteronomy chapter 8. Then you will eat, and you will be filled, and you will praise the Lord your God for the good land that he has given you. Be very careful, so that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments and ordinances and his statutes that I am commanding you today. When you eat and are satisfied, and you build nice houses and move into them, and your herds and your flocks multiply, and your silver and gold increase, and everything that you have prospers, watch out so that your heart does not become arrogant and forget the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, where you were slaves. Do not forget the Lord who led you in the great and terrifying wilderness, where there were venomous snakes and scorpions, where the thirsty ground had no water, but the Lord made water come out of a flint rock for you. Do not forget the Lord, who in the wilderness fed you manna, which your fathers had not known before, to humble you and to test you so that it would be good for you later on. You might say in your heart, My ability and the power of my hand have earned this wealth for me. But then you are to remember that the Lord your God is the one who gives you the ability to produce wealth, to confirm his covenant that he promised to your fathers with an oath, as he does to this day. The word of the Lord. Two summers ago, Krista and I were getting ready to fly out of Chicago to South Carolina to attend my brother's ordination into the public ministry. Krista was going to fly with her mom and sisters to New York the the day that we got back from South Carolina, so she took the other car with her and, and beat me to Chicago a day early to visit a friend. As I packed up the car that I would be taking down to Chicago, I, I was a little bit worried. We had dealt with some problems with it not starting for the the last few months beforehand, taking it to the auto shop, them telling us it was perfectly fine, they couldn't figure out what was wrong with it. But after turning the key a couple times, the car would always turn over, it would always start. That day it didn't. As I continued to load up the car, I'd try it, no luck. Another bag loaded into the trunk, try it again, no luck. And after ten tries, it finally turned over. Now, I needed to catch my flight that night, so I set in my head that I would not turn off that car until it was in the hotel parking lot in Chicago. And then before I left, I prayed, Lord, keep me safe in my travels. Please get me safely to Chicago. And if the car dies there, at least I'd be able to go and make it to vacation. Six hours later, I pulled into the parking lot at the hotel that we were going to park the car at. And I prayed a prayer of thanks. Now, I'm not saying this to brag. I'm actually saying it to make a little bit of an admission to you. This prayer of thanks stands out in my head. Yes, because I was really stressed when the car wasn't starting, but even more so, it stands out because I don't thank God nearly as much as I should. In the book of Deuteronomy, Moses' farewell sermon to the Israelites, God prepares them for what they're about to experience in the promised land. We hear about all that God had given to the Israelites. One of their greatest gifts was their special relationship with God as his chosen people. But God had filled their lives with plenty of material blessings as well. 
they'd have food on the table. They'd have houses to find safety and rest in. They'd have money and herds. God had blessed them and would continue to bless them with so much. And he's filled our lives with plenty of blessings as well, right? Even though we might be paying more at the grocery store right now, food is more affordable and more available than at pretty much any time in human history. We have all these different modes of transportation that can get us anywhere in the world in just a matter of hours. God's given us communication devices that connect us with loved ones far away in less than a second. He provides health and safety. And on top of all of that, he gives us so many things that we don't even need. But I think this leads us to ask an important question. Is it bad to be rich? No matter if you're rich by the American standard or not, you have so much more than most of the people in this world. So is it bad to be rich? Well, God doesn't give evil gifts. We can certainly use the gifts that he's given us for evil, but that doesn't make our wealth and property bad in and of itself. Having stuff is not sinful. What is sinful is forgetting where it comes from. What is sinful is using it to our own glory. Then follows another question. So if it's not bad to have stuff, if all of these things are a blessing from a loving God, then are the poor less loved? Our human nature might convince us that this is so. You look at those who have little and suffer from much, and you start to believe that they have less because God is less pleased with them. Of course, this isn't the case. The blessings God gives are not just material blessings. He gives different personalities to different people. He gives different interests and ways to serve him. He gives people different amounts of free time to do his will. It's easy for us to forget where all of our stuff came from. But God repeatedly says, don't forget, don't forget, don't forget. And he helps us remember all that he's done. He gives us his word to remind us of his gifts of grace. And at times he even allows us to lose those earthly blessings so that they don't overshadow the greater spiritual blessings. But God not only gives us good things, he actively works to keep us from evil. The Israelites, they had wandered into some pretty bad situations over and over again. They were slaves in Egypt for generations. And then as they were wandering, they were bitten by snakes in the wilderness. Life had not been easy for them. We too are magnets to evil. Think of all the times you followed the path of temptation to its deepest dead end. Think of all the times you've hurt the relationships in your life with selfish words and selfish actions. Our lives are not easy either. Our legs have gotten caught in the trap of hardships too. But how does God take care of our sin problem? He slaughters the ultimate Passover lamb. He lifts up sin's only anti-venom on a pole. And this has freed us from a slavery greater than what the Israelites experienced in Egypt. It's released us from the poison of sin. And how does God take care of all the destruction that we've caused in our lives? He makes sure that we do not forget our forgiveness in Christ. 
and he takes impossible situations that seem so evil and he uses them for his good, whether we notice it or not. Tomorrow, you might be tempted to look over your dinner table at the turkey and the stuffing and the green bean casserole and say to yourselves, look what I've done. Every day, you might be tempted to look at what you've built for yourself at home or in business and say, look at my accomplishments. But God knows the human heart even better than we do. And so he gets ahead of it. He says, you might say in your heart, my ability and the power of my hand have earned this wealth for me. I recently heard about a study done of the values of older people and younger people. And you can probably figure out which ones had which values. You could probably guess the, the older generation said they valued raising a family and going to church. The younger generation said that they, they valued making enough money to buy a house and, and being able to travel. And none of these things are too surprising. But then there was one value that was high up on both of their lists. It was the value of hard work. Now it's good to value hard work, but this can certainly become a double-edged sword. If we value hard work, we are almost necessarily going to pat ourselves on the back when our work accomplishes something. We are going to be tempted to think that our hard work is a byproduct of us being good people. But God has a counter to that. He says, but then you are to remember that the Lord your God is the one who gives you the ability to produce wealth, to confirm his covenant that he promised to your fathers with an oath as he does to this day. God's response to our arrogance is not to take away the blessings that he's given us. It's to make us aware of these blessings. It's to remind us that he will always take care. God bless you as you celebrate Thanksgiving tomorrow. But don't let that be the only day that you say thank you to God. Fill each day with thankfulness from your lips, from your actions, and, and most importantly, from your hearts. Amen.